There was a good back and forth in our pre-show comment section on the YouTube channel uh, with uh, one one viewer asking, is Nate going to be caffeinated or drunk or hungover? And uh, other people chiming in on why not both or perhaps even all three. All I'm going to say about it is that we are starting today's show without Nate. Has anyone seen that coyote? You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Only Weird Games, formerly known as Time's Ours. This is in fact filing a story and will join us momentarily as we roll on Only Weird Games Super Bowl edition for real. Now look, as we sit here and do this show live with you on a Thursday, we're still several days away from football. We're going to have a whole Friday to get through, but most of the media madness of it all culminated and then at least sort of came to most of the conclusions for themselves today. So I think, I think we're finally done hearing questions asked to Andy Reid about retirement, to Travis Kelsey about Taylor Swift, to Travis Kelsey about retirement, and to Patrick Mahomes about Taylor Swift or the retirement of either Andy Reid or Travis Kelsey. If you've missed any of the media stuff this week, those were all pretty major stories. And while we're here, just for a quick take out of the gate here, Seth, I do think the Chiefs handled this entire media madness really, really well, all the way from the outlandish to the, like, reasonable Taylor Swift-based questions that Travis Kelsey, you know, answered by by saying things like, I'd be silly to view it as anything other than a positive, which is a really smart way for a smart, famous man to handle uh, now being with a smart, even more famous woman. They, they seem to navigate all that well, Seth. I think we may be out of bulletin board season. Are we clear now? I think we are. There's been a lot of like a little bit, you know, Nick Bosa said his stuff about you know, the Chiefs tackles hold. And there's been a lot of like, you know, talk about the 49ers being, it seems just mildly perturbed about their practice setup. Honestly, that was another thing that I think took on a bigger life than maybe they meant for it to, but maybe not because a few different people reported it. And in today's age, you know, that means someone texted someone, oh, these stupid practice. But it seems to have chilled out, and there's a lot of, like, you know, you're asking, you know, George Kittle about Travis Kelsey, and you're asking Travis Kelsey about George Kittle, and to hear either one of them tell it, the other guy's the greatest player to ever live, and which is always fun. And there's been just, and it has been, Andy has his guys so prepared. I actually tweeted about this when they went to the tackles and, and, and asked them about Bose's comments. You could see them go, well, if, you know, he's got a right to say whatever, but, you know, they're going to be a great team. And you could seriously, you could see Andy Reid flash in front of their eyes. Then just like, don't say it. Don't say, don't you say a word. Because had they said something, you know, it would have been. And uh, uh, Collins, Colin Saunders tweeted about this where he was just like, Andy used to get more angry about that than almost anything else. So I think we're past it. And my understanding, Nate's described this in the past. You've described this to me in the past, that by the time you get to Friday Super Bowl coverage, the, you know, like, it's like Wednesday, Thursday, where, like, Baldinger might walk by, or Collinsworth, or Barry Sanders. Friday, it's different people. I'm not going to name any of them, because there's no way to name someone. You know, Taylor's not walking by on uh-huh. Friday. 
that's or yeah, Wednesday, that's, really. I mean, that that's right. She's not. So, I mean, she would be floating anyway because I don't think her feet actually touch the ground. But um, that's still yes. The the radio row environment changes, and all of the media availabilities and everything all all change. And again, those those really do peak on Wednesday and Thursday, which also nicely for for uh, the analysis of it all leads us into a chance to talk about a few more of the matchups. Looking good, Seth. A few more of the matchups and a uh, a few more of the intricacies of this game that we've either glossed over, mentioned at one point going into the game uh, over the course of the week so far, but now we can actually pick a few of the things to latch on to. I have done radio hits across the country and in multiple other countries now. We have seen everything from the madness of uh, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey in the Chiefs offense to is the defense actually the better unit? I have spent a lot of time revisiting some big picture Chiefs storylines with nice. all of that being said because lots of places are asking things. Hey, we don't watch the Chiefs every single day. I'll talk about them every day. What have we missed? Uh, so if I pose something like that to you, Seth, and I, I say, hey, before we dive into matchups and keys and stuff that you've already written up on the Chief in the North newsletter, mnchiefsfan.substack.com, and you can get it for basically free always, but even cheaper now, usually almost free, now half off. There you go. Go ahead and uh, take that that slogan. Uh, but have you done any amount of that in these last few days, Seth, of of looking back at what the season has been, the chaos of this week, maybe funneling into anything that's that's caught your caught your eye over the last couple of days? Something that's caught my eye is that this is a really good time of year, and I want to be careful how I say this. This is a really good time of year, in my opinion, where you get to separate the people that cover team, the National League, you know, the entire league, the NFL. And that's hard to do well, to really know everything about one team during the season. I get that. And so I usually give people a break during the season. What separates people, I think, is when you read their Super Bowl build-up columns and you can see big picture stuff that really is still a thing. Or like a, a guy I'll shout out, I've shouted out before, a Ben Solak with The Ringer does a terrific job. Um, um, Ruiz with The Ringer does a great job too. They, they, yes, Steven, um, they, they did, they had a great piece posted on, on various aspects of it. Um, Cody Alexander with Match Quarters, his substack, one of the very best X's and O's substacks out there. Anyway, those are some examples of guys that they've clearly delved into the film and they've looked at the trends throughout the year. And then you see people that, are writing things that it's like, well, you could have written that on January 28th. And it's just kind of this idea, you, you really get to separate the wheat from the chaff in media coverage. And I don't know a better way to say it. I really think you, 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 you've got things that I think could just be AI-generated articles at right. this point. And so, like, for me, the big picture stuff that I've, that I've had people talk to me about is the Chiefs offense, that's, that's, going, that's been a moving target all year. But... The the they had a couple performances that were so horrific that I think it almost got a little bit exaggerated, including in my eyes. Um, that that once they started narrowing things down and funneling things down, you saw them starting to perform a little more efficiently and kind of doing whatever it takes. And so that like the big picture thing, and it's always going to start and end with Patrick Holmes. The biggest picture thing that I've I've talked to people about is in term well two things. I'll start with Mahomes. The first is what I wrote about in the AFC Championship game is the whole do it, playing it safe plus whatever it takes. It, 
it's another iteration of Mahomes, even more so than last year when he really, they dinked and dunked their way down the field to being the best offense in the league. This year, they didn't have the weapons to really be the best offense in the league. He lost his trust. And so then he said, okay, what can we do here? What can we do that does work that I can put trust in guys? And Andy's done a masterful job over the last month figuring that out too. That that new iteration though of Mahomes of like, like I think you said, I think I wrote it too, maybe, I don't know. The, the idea of, well, okay, does this snap require me to be Alex Smith or Josh Allen? And I'll, I yeah, said I, it because I was quoting what you wrote, just so you know. Man, I wrote that? You really did. Man, I'm good. Anyway, yeah. uh, <laughs> and so that's one thing. The other big picture thing is I'm trying to really let people know, and we'll see what happens. Styles make fights. You never know what's going to happen any given Sunday. But I really have tried to make people understand how much they're sleeping on how good this Chiefs defense has been. All year. They've had one bad performance, and that wasn't that bad, and that was against LaFleur's Packers. That was it. And even that, the offense didn't provide them a lot of support in that game. And I've really tried to emphasize that to people. Like, look, I understand Miami was too cold. Okay, fair enough. And I understand Buffalo, I guess, had some... Well, that was injuries to their defense. But they went Tua, Allen, Jackson. Those are really good offenses, and not one of them, the Bills moved the ball in part because Josh Allen just ran and made some alien plays. But even then, they they made the stops when they needed to. And that's what I've really pushed as the big picture thing. Oh, no. I stopped looking at the comments. You can't be in the comments when I'm not looking at the comments. I totally can. Tommy, I sneezed and Tommy Mo said, bless you. And I just wanted to say thanks. I muted my mic so no one would hear it. But I just wanted to, I wanted to, you know, let it be known that I... I appreciated the blessing. It turns out I'm allergic to doing this show without Nate. Uh, there were a couple <laughs> other comments that I actually wanted to go, I wanted to circle back on real quick because uh, it, it's more kind of a big picture what you mentioned, media coverage. And until Nate gets here, you know, we, we got, I feel like we get a little, a little, uh, we are own only slightly off the rails, rails where you can hop over to. I like it. Because Ross Sawyer says content versus analysis. And I think that's yes. good, but not completely sufficient along with Adam Sheehan saying first-hand ball knowers versus NFL reactionary takes. It's a huge difference in quality. I also think that that's very good, but maybe not completely sufficient because there are there are forms of content that are still educated in a way, in content being a lesser form of thing, I think is fair. I, I do kind of like that differentiation. But yeah. you can do content that is educated in a way that still benefits the, the whole. It, it yeah. is genuinely, it is why... The first two letters of KCSN are way more important than the second two. I don't want them to get competitive or anything, but KC Sports Network works because we are here going a mile deep on one football team, yep. and between all of the Chiefs shows that we do here, we're doing it a lot. So we're covering pretty much every speck of ground and even trying to find some different things that maybe not everybody else is always talking about. Mm-hmm. We sometimes that sometimes we do content in the midst of all the analysis where I think it can coexist together. The 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 fun and the silly of it, if you've established your foundation, I think I think that's where you have a chance to really thrive in all of this. I think as both Ross and Adam are very much on the path of though, when you get hype it up, spit it out content from right. people who are also doing reactionary takes and don't know ball. Somewhere in the, the the connection, the Venn diagram of all of that, you you can have ball knowing content, and you can have 
You can also have reactionary analysis. Frankly, acknowledge that it's reactionary. I've tried to do that this year because things changed a lot from one week to the other throughout the NFL. But all of that to me is about finding the balance and making sure you find the people who have proven to you they're worth listening to or worth reading or whatever, um, which to go ahead and, and, and honk our own horn, I just think KCSN's done a tremendous job with. And I mean, we all in some form started on the internet like that. There is, especially now that group grows while the quality doesn't always rise with it. And there's no better uh, observational period for that than Super Bowl media week. Cause the whole world is writing about the chiefs and the Niners and I'll be honest, I don't think I've started following anyone new this week because they had a quote from Media Day. You know what I mean? Like, right. You got to you got to trust your sources in times like these. And uh, I just I thought both of those comments from Ross and Adam were, were good and interesting and, and a little jumping off points. Do you want to call Florio a bum or anything? Uh, no, I, I think that's a good example. Um, I've seen a few people ask about, you know, the Andy Reid retirement, quote unquote, rumors just to clarify. There were never any rumors that Andy Reid was considering retirement. And even Florio wrote a follow-up article saying, we're not saying Andy Reid is considering retirement. What we are saying is just then there was a bunch of gobbledygook about a business that is making preparations on the off chance a guy retires and trying to make a story out of that. And because it's such a large platform, a lot of people talk about it enough, and then other media members feel obligated. For some unknown reason, Floria is immune to the disdain that a lot of media shows towards a lot of this kind of crap. And I don't know why. I'm assuming it's because he's friends with a lot of agents. That's my assumption. Me, I don't have to care. I'm not a source guy. It doesn't matter to me if I get torched by a bunch of agents. What do I care? But I've noticed he's treated like he's off limits. And there, I, I think there's reasons for that. And whatever but there have never been any rumors that any years retired it was a it was a and this is my one of my biggest problems with sports media it was a self-created story you created a story because you have a big enough platform so you mentioned it got people talking then other people talk about it what about these andy reed rumors over there it started with a big fat nothing burger and that is at least worth noting and so that that kind of double talk that leads to a quote-unquote story that then leads to conversation that then leads to other legitimate media members doing stuff, that is my least favorite kind of quote-unquote content because it's technically content, but it's content the same way that I'm trying. It's content in the same way that Skittles are food. I love Skittles, <laughs> but it's not food. Like, it's not like, like if I were, my wife and I are watching alone right now. Oh, I'm sorry. My smoking hot wife, Jazz and I great. are watching alone, which is always great. I bet she wishes she was watching alone. <laughs> Let's take a break. We appreciate you supporting KC Sports Network by listening to our podcast. You have helped us become the highest ranked Chiefs podcast network in 2022 and 2023. And don't forget about our daily Substack newsletter, the best written analysis you can find on the Chiefs straight to your inbox every day. KCSN.substack.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. It's a twist on the old format, but I knew Nate was waiting and it felt like that was going to be a long story. Nate Taylor live from Las Vegas in a hotel room. Taylor. And his audio is not working. So, uh, Uh, Nate, you work on that. And Seth, you finish. Go ahead and finish your story about you and your wife watching alone. I'm so professional. I still want Seth. Okay. You, yeah, you sound you sound good. Maybe like it's not using that microphone, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Why don't you look and see? Yeah, I don't think that's the mic that's currently working. But Seth, tell me about alone real quick. Um, I don't even remember anymore now. That was so funny. What were we talking about? I'm sorry, comments that I didn't do the Lucy football thing. I know that's that's the that's plan A every time. And I almost did it to him like three minutes earlier, but it was a little too soon. And then it just felt like it was going to be laborious. So that I'll roast him and, and then get out. So thanks for everybody for sure, thanks for respecting yeah. that sometimes I need to go between being Josh Allen and Alex Smith. So yes. he's, um, he's just managing the game there. That sounds better, Nate. I genuinely, honest to God, don't remember where I was going with that. Awesome. It was better. we were talking about media coverage. We were talking about content. Jazz and I were watching alone. And it really was something that uh, that mattered and was relevant. But crap, if I can remember, maybe you'll figure it out by the time uh, by the yeah, after Nate uh, you know sets sets his seat. And Nate, we were as you heard some of there talking about the Andy Reid thing again because there is a lot in the comments because that is the title going. Yeah. Skittles are food. Thank you, Ice Pyro. I'm sorry, Nate. Don't mind me. Ice Pyro. Skittles. They're not food. That's the difference between good content and bad content. If you were on alone. And then a plane came by, and you've been starving for however many days, and they dropped 80 pounds of Skittles there. Yeah, man. That would not keep you out there any longer than if you had nothing. Like, you'd <laughs> okay. be a little better off for, like, a day, but you would end up leaving sooner than the guy that's starving because he hasn't eaten a trout in a week because it's not real food. And again, I love Skittles, but that is the that – that is – we were talking about how this year Nate can kind of separate wheat from the chaff a little bit in terms of analysis and content – and some people, my, one of my favorite things is to see such great national content about the Chiefs. Although yes. I'm kind of used to it. Um, but anyway, yes, Skittles, food group, 
Man, our listeners and commenters are so great. Thank you. Uh, okay. Not sure what I walked into. Um, that's one of the best parts of the show, kids, is that I can, you know, be in the. Uh, Sorry, break news from the comment section. Mike Florio has reported that Skittles are in fact food. Thank you, Pat. Oh, how how <laughs> dare he? Um, haven't seen him. I know he's here, but I have not seen him. Um, have not mean mugged him. I guess uh, to say. Um, so here I am. Gonna just show up on Sunday and only watch the Niners half of the field. Right. Wait. So where are you, Nate? So I am in the pyramid, kind what? of pyramid adjacent. Um, you know, here in lovely Las Vegas, I have been very disciplined, ladies and gentlemen. I have not been to Radio Row today. Okay, I wanted to do <laughs> you all a service and give you my A game. Uh, now I just filed a story for the Athletic that you can read tomorrow. Uh, to my right, your left, is Holly Taylor working diligently on a made bed in this wow, hotel good. room, good. you know? Uh, so, you know, someone tell Andy, Andy Reid. Yeah, yeah. someone tell Andy Reid that we did have the bed made. Did we make it? No. <laughs> um, but it is made, and she looks awfully comfortable and gorgeous and lovely and Aww. you know just just a, just a great just a great gal um now how was the french food interestingly that you <laughs> asked that kyle comment on the screen so this one's tucker's fault how was the food so as i told you all on tuesday uh she you know slid in my messages that she wanted to go to a fresh spot but I told her, hey, let's see. It was kind of hard to get a reservation, okay? But annually, most Super Bowls, the Tuesday before the game, is the league's spectacular of mm. media party, which is really corporate sponsor with a media badge. Um, <laughs> now, this year, they had it at the Grand Prix for the F1 uh, where the track was, the grandstand, essentially, uh, for this year's party. Three levels. So already we're off to an amazing start. Food trucks galore, all sort of celebrating the new lunar year. Uh, so just dumplings and Korean hot dogs and chicken on a stick with sticky rice. Oh, we haven't even entered this thing yet. F1 simulator, kids. Ooh. Uh Elvis Presley impersonation, obviously. Big bands. Uh a Frank Sinatra musical show that we definitely missed and were cataclysmic about. Uh on the on the third and final level, great view of the skyline, obviously the spear. Um, Holly thought, you know, Holly's a designer. Of course, he said, man, I actually want to design a Super Bowl ring now because they put it in gigantic spear like detail, which was really cool. Um, seeing the Patriots, Packers, eventually, you know, they rolled through all of them. You can see the Chiefs uh, Super Bowl ring on the spear, which never thought I'd say out loud in any context of any kind. And then lastly, um, Obviously, open bar, uh, saw some of my colleagues. Uh, it was a grand time. 
we ate so much that we were um tickled and did not need to go to the french spot so uh we we, we made a great adjustment within the night you know saw little, how the little def- site adjustment you yeah, saw, saw how it was yeah you saw the defense was playing you know they, they seem to be giving a lot of attention to the french spot uh, but we we were able to maneuver and get the ball way down the field. Obviously, uh, we you know at that point in the night, Seth coffee had already been out of the game, so we just oh. went from water to alcohol to water to alcohol. Really big one-two punch uh, to get us through um, media party night. But what a what a fun what a fun moment where I've met people that I'll never meet again. And I saw some of my closest friends in this industry. Um, So yeah, just a weird time. Uh, Also, they were playing fake gambling games, roulette, uh, blackjack, little poker. But like without money? Yeah, they gave you um, chips that were similar to the real thing, but weren't the real thing. To which Holly said, take me to the Bellagio tomorrow so I can get the real experience. She didn't say it quite like that. So sure. do they have, could you like cash in your chips for like one of those little, like very or nice Friedrich? looking little, little, little bracelets or like yeah. some, like a little tub of candy or like an inflatable alien? Mostly a free drink. <laughs> guess, that was already like, free. Well, yeah. yeah I yeah. want to feel like I'm winning something. Yeah, man. Um, but no, Holly was like, I, I mean, I want to do blackjack, but there's no, I don't feel it. There's no, there's no stakes in the game. And let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, we found the stakes last night, and the stakes won. Um, so look, you know, we we've had the full Vegas experience by now. Uh, I do want to remind people that, um, today was the last day of media availability for the 2023 Kansas City Chiefs. We've done it, kids. From, you did it. From Patrick Mahomes rolling up in suitcases in St. Joseph, Missouri on, I believe, July 18th to now, February 8th, um, we, have, we have covered the longest season to this point in the franchise's 64-year history. And this season felt even longer with the draft being in Kansas City and all of, like, this season started training camp of 2022, I think. Like, this has just been eternal. And for that for that reason, excellent, uh, because, you know, we're, we're here again. Also, there have been, so apparently Renee knows that I do this show now, which is already alarming. You guys have both talked about your wives, and then she showed up in the comments section. And I just wanted to acknowledge that. And Tucker, if you could just block her um, and like just maybe block her from everything from this channel, I just can't. That's not a risk I can take right now. I love my wife so much. She's great. She's Damn really hot. like the support. <laughs> she, she's and extremely hot. I haven't seen so it. Bit so hot. Is, I get near her and I start melting. Yeah. And it's just important. I just, you know, she and is. Frankly, she's my sunrise and sunset. Oh, yeah. And that's. That's My that's goodness. beautiful, Seth. That's some of the most beautiful bullshit I've ever heard um, from you in particular. I I think right now what I'm having the issue with is that I don't know what Renee's bit is in all of this because Seth obviously has his jazz bit, and I think Nate's bit is just that he loves his wife. 
Um, and Seth used to kind of carry the bit that we were like living in sin or like, why weren't you married yet or whatever? Yes. And so and no, we were, that's we were, gone. We were, we were trying to coach you up and, and get you I don't you know what through. you mean by bit, but sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bit annoying to me is what it was short for. Um, that's I'm, a bit of annoying thing that he does. I'm also seeing in the comments that people have asked me about my sleep schedule. What sleep schedule? Um, yeah. I've been going basically from 1.30 to 6.30 every day for the last three days, kids. A lot of coffee, a lot of alcohol, even more water. Um, and look, so far today, you know, coffee and water has carried us to this moment. It's one of the reasons why I am not spazzing out of control because Rita, Rita got in me and I was just like, Super Bowl! Whereas today, I'm like, Super Bowl, man. When's the, when's the game again? Yeah. It's done for this? three days. I'm 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 really excited though. I'm sorry. I just Dave, see now it's getting the best of me. My caffeine's finally hitting. I had a conversation with Dave Tobe, a uh, special teams coach, uh coordinator, I should say. Uh no recorder, no notebook, no pen. Just him and I. Uh we just looked at one another and said, You wanna just talk? Let's just talk. <laughs> Let's not do this. So we talked and I said, I just love that Andy Reid, the most um, perhaps even keel coach, regimented, old school, yet everyone's favorite grandpa, yet militaristic, but redemptive, yet also will give you the ability to kind of do your own thing. But hey, do it on do it on schedule. And she's great. She's She's been great this year, like Isaiah Pacheco. But also, I looked at Dave Tobe, and Dave Tobe knew exactly what I was going to say. I, I love the fact that Andy Reid says, oh, they had a um, coach, because you're the home team, you get first dibs on facility and schedule, in particular the media schedule. When's the earliest we could do it? <laughs> Well, coach, um, based on the CBA or whatever the hell we come up with here, I think eight. Book it. We'll but, take it. But, 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 coach, this is Las Vegas, and all the reporters are staying checks notes on the strip, and you check notes are almost an hour from the strip. That's did hardcore. You, did, you, did you did you get that, coach? Did you did you hear me? <laughs> Did you? I didn't. I didn't get a response. Eight. Okay. Eight o'clock. Yes. Eight, eight o'clock. We'll do it. So, um, when Nate takes his wife to the Bellagio, you know, Coach, they don't have any clocks, <laughs> which means he won't get any sleep or any good amount of any like. Well, he won't feel rested. Um, and Dave Tobe said, he just smiled at me, the biggest grin, and was like, that's Coach. Like, <laughs> Andy Reid, he's always, he wants to see how bad you want it. He's like, how bad yes, do you want this? That is how the bad? point. You know, did you know Peter that King is got literally the point. in the morning and came to the facility? Do you want to be like Peter King, Nate? Yeah, basically. I mean, again, oh, sometimes, we, sometimes we want to take you behind the curtain. This is one of the best behind the curtains we can give you as an audience. Because how bad do you want to ask 
complain Gabbard about Patrick Mahomes. How bad do you want to ask Chris Jones, will he be in the uniform next year? How bad? What's the what's the wildest thing today? Um I mean somehow Kelsey and Taylor Swift. Well, how bad? Um I believe LA Times entertainment reporter, do you want to sing to Travis Kelsey? I mean, it's a it's a great job, kids. It's the silliest sport in the league. The NBA doesn't do this. Hockey does not do this. Baseball would murder everyone if they did this. You want to talk to it? 8 a.m.? The week of the biggest game of the year? How bad you want it? Well, Coach, I don't want it that all right, I'll be there. All right, I'll That's, be there. No, it's fine. Yeah, eventually uh, you're just you're just a little tired. The, well, you think the Olympics are like, hey, let's have let's have the uh, let's have the media section. Uh, let's have the mix zone at seven twenty a.m. You know the shuttle starts at six thirty. Um, yeah, we're in Vegas, so this is the best I could provide to you. But it really is a testament to um, the way he tests everybody, Thomas. Jared McKinnon's not playing. I didn't see him today. Um, so who knows? I mean, we'll answer questions throughout the show, obviously. Um, yeah, it's just, thanks, coach. Thanks a lot. But it does roll. The reason why they do that, by the way, is they roll right into meetings, right into scout team work, right into walkthrough, right into practice, or I think lunch, and then right into practice. And then obviously more meetings. So Andy's got it all scheduled out. They've done this every time uh, they've been to the Super Bowl um, since 2019. Obviously, the COVID year was a little bit different in 2020. Um, but yeah, I, I appreciate you guys for asking me how how I'm doing from a health standpoint because it's 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 the hardest it's the hardest week of the year. I just outside well, of training camp. Nate, I want to ask you about some injury things that have happened since the last episode, but I also think you deserve a break. So let's go ahead and hand it off to Tucker D. Franklin. The D stands for Do It For Nate, Tucker. That's what it always stands for. And looking for a super offer for Super Bowl 58, DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. New customers can bet on the big game and turn 5 bucks into 200 instantly in bonus bets. Chiefs two-point dogs with plus money on the money line. And if you want to get on that in on that action, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code KCSN. New customers can bet five bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58 with code KCSN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Buddha Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Back to you, Josh. You're the most responsible gamer, Tucker. Thank you very much. Um, So, Nate, you've already said Jarek McKinnon, not expecting him. Willie Gay, seems like he's full go. Uh, yep. I want you to I want you to let us what, know what you know about Joe Tooney, who as of right now hasn't practiced this week. 
Um, and maybe more, most interestingly, when the Chiefs put Charles Aminahu on injured reserve with, this, with his torn ACL, which is obviously a bummer this week and for the start of next year, um, they put him on IR and activated Sky Moore to the active roster. He was at the very end of his 21-day practice window. You yep. made that move yesterday. What are the chances that Sky Moore and Joe Tooney play on Sunday? Um. Okay, uh, Joe Tooney, um, to my eyes, looks like a guy that knows he's probably not going to play on, on Sunday. He can't say it definitively. Um, Andy Reid came as came to as close as he could yesterday, basically saying that it was a uh, a long shot. I believe. Um, it's it's just they don't want to risk the idea that he could injure it even more severely. Uh, so I don't expect Joe Tooney to play. Um, Nick Gallagrady is getting all the reps. Uh, that is something that Peter King um, reported in the Pro Football Writers Association practice report, which is one of the also rare things you get during Super Bowl week is one reporter, Uno, gets to watch the duration of practice from beginning all the way to the end. It's the only time outside of training camp that uh, the media gets this. So Peter King is doing the practice reports, the full practice reports for the Chiefs. Um, so keep that in mind over the next, you know, uh, I believe the practice report will come out in the next 90 minutes or so, um, if it hasn't already. And then obviously you can read it again on Friday. Um, as far as Sky Moore, I think putting him like there's no roster manipulation that has to go on because you knew Charles admitted he wasn't going to play. Um, there is a financial element to this. Um, so being on the active roster is sort of a um, congratulatory um, bonus, uh, a, a reward for Sky Moore, who has all indications rehabbed really well for his knee injury. Um, doesn't necessarily mean he's going to play. Um, but it does give you some insurance if something were to happen today at practice or any time between now, I should say, and Sunday, he's on the roster. He can obviously be active. Um, now, I still think Kadarius Tony probably has a better chance of playing than Sky Moore. That was even my next question is pick one. Um, they might not pick either. Yeah, uh, right. They don't you know. either short a receiver if they have Correct. them inactive. That means that means Justin Ross would be active essentially, right? Um, I think if Kadarius Tony is active, it tells you that the Chiefs want to have their most explosive firepower capable. Obviously, with Kadarius on special teams as a punt returner, he is a more game-breaking player than the more solid YOLO Richie James, um, who's actually. You know, I was I was I was fascinated that he didn't he didn't yellow it in the AFC Championship game. Shout out to him, a very yes. diligent, a very, discipline. Yes, discipline matters. Yeah, discipline he, matters. He the said, I don't, team was just him. like we are not going to screw this up. That was like yes. <laughs> offense and special teams was like it was like you remember it's a classic scene from Hitch, right? Will Smith who's basically playing Will Smith as Hitch, is explaining to this guy, she made a plan, she met up with you, it's not your job to get her to like you, it's your job to not mess it up. Yep. That was 
That was that's totally what the offense and special teams was. And you could see like in Richie James' eyes, just like do not mess this up. Do not let them back in this game. Yep. And I can live with it. So um the reason you would pick Sky Moore if you wanted to go that route, this might be more for the offseason. Not saying it's gonna happen, but could. You have Clyde Edwards Alaire who's been dealing with illnesses or with with an illness throughout this week. He he was only made available to speak to reporters yesterday. He was not on media night Monday, was not available Tuesday. He didn't talk today. So they're trying to manage um his He's illness. He's a participant every day though, right? In practice? Uh well, yesterday was the first report. I don't know if today's I guess that's true. No, you're right. It came out so late. I've literally yes. I forgot that today's wouldn't have come out yet. Yeah. Yeah, so um but the anticipate I was told that he is expected to participate in today's practice, um, but they're just trying to manage him right now. Um, so if you were to bring Sky Moore on, could he be an emergency running back? Um, given the fact that he's obviously been in the offense for two years. Um, and of course, Pacheco is the lead back, but you just, these are contingency plans that you have to consider. Um, if he is the, you know, sort of the third-ish guy, obviously, they could use LaMichael P. Ryan as well. But, again, that comes down to who you want to activate versus not activating um, for game day. Real quick here, a super chat from Joseph Jackson. Says, I heard the Chiefs use Josh the scout team quarterback to simulate Brock Purdy. Thank you, Joseph. I'd be happy to do that if, if I could provide that for the Chiefs. Um, is it because I'm so Purdy? Is that is that why? I don't I don't think you and I have that many other Josh. things in common. Thank you, Seth. Go ahead and say that again so we can get it cut. You, Josh, are a very attractive man. I liked it less that time. I like I disliked <laughs> your editorializing and the, the the change in tone. Uh, and unfortunately, I have no choice but to uh, still throw the ball to you here anyway. Although I'd much rather oh. just look off and go back to Nate. But I, I wanted to I wanted to bring all together that we, obviously we've known all week that Charles Minnow wasn't going to be playing in this game. But with that being yep. the other half of that move, Seth, as you wrote about some of the keys to the game in the Chief of the North newsletter. One of the things you wrote about, one of the things I've been talking about today that I'm just very interested in and a little bit nervous about is what a complimentary pass rush is going to look like where the the Niners offensive line, they got Drew Williams, but it's it, this is this is not an unbeatable group, but it's yep. harder without your second best one-on-one pass rusher. So what are you hoping to see from the pass rush knowing that it's Chris Jones and then it's George Karloftis, Mike Dana, Tershawn Morton, we all we're all a little enamored with Neil Farrell at this point, even though the Chiefs traded for him and are the ones least enamored with him. I'm just thinking about taking up some space in the middle. But but pass rush wise in particular, what what's the plan without a minute? Without a minute, who it it does create a higher burden on everyone else, right? And then we've talked before that complimentary pass rush is about the frequency of pressure and the intensity of pressure, and you can't just snap your fingers and replace your second best pass rusher. Um Amena, who has been good this year, he's been he's like he's like either been a really high end guy or a dude. And and I think really I mean you saw that against the Ravens. It forces that fumble. He wins one on one more than anyone else that they have. And that matters because their pass rush is kind of built in part, along with Spags's, you know, blitzes and simulated pressures and stuff around the idea of, well, we know they're going to slide uh, protection. Some play- Man, stop. Everyone, stop with the comments. All right. Private chat. Seth, you are the person in control of if you see the comments or not. Yes, what I do in the literally. comments is none of your business. Fair enough. So 
It sounds like we're blaming the victim here, but whatever. Let's take a break. No, no, there's no other break. There's not another break. There's not another break. We did our breaks. They're all done. Get them, Tucker. Get them. It's like the new one. What fresh hell is this? Gosh. (laughs) Anyway, so we appreciate you supporting Casey's. <laughs> and this is wrong. This is wrong. Scene. Okay, I am going to have been your best timing. Welcome to KCSN. I th- okay. Speaking of all the shenanigans we just had happen, let me finish talking ball about complimentary pass rush, and I need I to tell you guys you to talk about it today. Okay, so very good. He the big thing. Himself. He knows that, right? Vegetables first. Is, there is. There's no replacing what a man who does. However, it's worth noting the first six games of the season, they still had a pretty solid pass rush. That's in part because George Karloftis has taken a step forward, and I'd say he's been better down the back end of the season than he was on the front end. Um, especially, I- I'm just intrigued. You can't read too much into individual pass rush moves, but the sack he had against the Ravens, that double-handed slap, that's something he's been working on this year, and it's a really, really good primary move that would allow a guy like him to corner. And one of his problems is that he can't necessarily threaten the corner as much as other guys would that have a little more bend, even though he's actually got a pretty good first step. He just doesn't have a lot of bend. Because he's a power-based guy, tackles are often trying to get hands on him, and that's why I assume he's been working with Tom Bahali and getting that double-handed slap because if they're exposing their hands to you, gives them an opportunity. And so that that's nice to see. He's been winning a little more one-on-one Mike Dana is a, is he's he's a guy that you can help around uh, that that the pass rush is helped by, but he's not a guy that's a foundational guy. Tershawn Wharton has had a really good playoff. You need all of them to be about ten percent better. If they do that, you don't miss a man who is much. That's really what it comes down to. FAU. A lot of people are asking about him. What I'm guessing is going to happen to FAU is he's going to get Williamsed. He's. Because someone's got to go up against Trent Williams, right? Yeah, it, it just ends up foolish. being a chum at that point. Like, sorry, man. Just yeah. Go learn against Trent Williams if you just saying a little little first down snaps, second quarter. Yeah, something to allow, hey, wear that guy out. You're only going to get 10, 15 snaps, Rook. Wear that guy out. Here's the deal. That's not really going to work against Williams. He is who he is. Um, Can I can I read you, you uh, Chris Jones's quote about Trent Williams? Yeah, I don't think there, the ma- I don't think the matchup's gonna occur often. Hey, here's what Chris Jones said: Are we ready? "Quote: He's scary. He's vicious. He's one of the best players I can face. So I'm a little nervous, man. I'm going to pray about it a little more and continue to prepare." End quote. Good luck, Felix. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, Godspeed, Felix. Yeah, that's, Godspeed. That's Chris just acknowledging Spags is not going to match him up against Williams. Not because Chris, I think Chris is one of the few players in the league who could beat Trent occasionally. But why do that? Why put yourself in that position? Because Trent really is that good. They might go against each other five times, and Chris might only, he might not win any of them. 
And that is, he's that good. And he's one of the few tackles in the league that's strong enough to hold up against Jones' bull rush, which is why he's able to beat tackles so well, because he can go right through them. These guys are used to blocking guys, generally speaking, who are about maybe 270. Jones is just too big, too strong. That's not going to work with Williams. So what I'm curious, and this actually goes into the idea, not just of replacing Charles Menehu, but accounting for the fact that you've got a really good left tackle, and then an offensive line with some vulnerabilities. I think Jones on obvious pass rushing downs is going to be inside a little more than what we got used to because now they don't have an Amenahu and a Karloftis for those edges. And I think you're going to have Mike Dana inside. You're going to have Karloftis on the outside against that right tackle with Jones lining up against that right tackle because he can be got. That's how they really got home against Garoppolo in 22 was Jones just dominating the right tackle. New guy, actually not as good. And so I think you're going to see that, and I think you're going to see Spags unlock some simulated pressures that leave Trent Williams with nothing to do but blocking air. And I think he'll also utilize sometimes Karloftis, but often FAU to maybe just, hey, just be annoying. Be as annoying as possible. Make him move around as much as possible. And yes, look, everyone, just understand this right now, okay? If FAU and Trent Williams are up against each other, do not base how you think next season will go for him based on those snaps because he's going to get baptized. And that that's not, there's just, there's, there's I, I, and look, hey, FAU, I hope you prove me wrong. Wouldn't that be incredible if he turned the arc on Trent Williams and, and got a sack of the Super Bowl? That'd be incredible. It'd also this be incredible if he Fred was going to get me up baptized. and offered me a lifetime contract. And I, <laughs> the funny part is we've literally seen Trent Williams baptized. We have seen Trent Williams baptize people, and and that is okay. That is okay if it happens to. And get back up, son. Easy. Get up. Get up. Yeah. It's like, look, man, the good news is everything's easy after Are this. you with the Lord? Is the Lord with you? Yeah. Everything's He's, different now. Everything's new, new believer, ladies and gentlemen, Felix. I it think if you got man. thrown into the ground by Trent Williams, you would come up with a borderline <laughs> spiritual experience <laughs> if you get up at all. Yeah, yes. whatever it takes. So His I, soul's I think... on fire for Christ because of Trent Williams. So I, <laughs> I think the plan overall, you can't try to replace him other than you, 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 you just plug in the guys that were in doing the same stuff when the season started and they had to operate without a minute who Understand that it's going to affect your four-man protections. Dial up a few more simulated pressures, which I think I've been back and forth on this all week because a lot of people are like, well, no, they're going to try to rush four and they're going to see if Purdy can pick through their coverage, which is incredible. I think we're going to see rushing four more often than we'll see pure blitzes, except against condensed formations. No, and that's baby. the big. That's not but, what we signed. That's not what I signed up for, Spags. It's not what I signed up for. Engage eat. Guys, what does all of it? Okay, that's where I, that's what I'm thinking at this point. You, you right? Want, is like you want hey, the whole you want roulette. Whole you want thing. roulette spags. You want just drop the ball roulette. and roulette it, and then make the call. Roulette right, em. and and that's gonna be that's why I think you might see more simulated pressures than all out blitzes. But I also, the Niners love to run condensed formations, right? And that's where just, you know, everyone's close up. Well, because well, we can run, you know, we could run four verts from there with our guys, or we could run straight up the middle, or we could run outside zone. You know what Spags loves to do when you go into condensed formations? Blitz both Trent McDuffie and Legereus Sneed, and then he drops a couple guys back in his zone, and one of them, I guarantee you, will be the guy Trent Williams was supposed to block. And the, the thing that that does 
If you're running outside zone, it means they run screaming into one of the two best tackling quarterbacks in the NFL. Which one do you mean? I mean both of them. They're one and two. Rank whichever one you want. And so I'm curious. Some of the things San Francisco does really well, at least in the passing game, kind of plays into something that the Chiefs do really well. That's why I think the game's going to be won and lost with the ground game a little more. So I, I don't know if that answers how I think they might deal with the loss of a meta who, but I do think you get a few more blitzes, a few more simulated pressures, and a few more twists and that sort of thing. It, it touches on all of that and a few other things that I think came up in Nate's conversation with Robert Mays in the Athletic Football Show that I finished listening to on my drive back today. Um, really hey. excellent stuff there. A little, little uh, promo for them because that show is always great and is firmly in the group of national analysis that is actually worth your time, yes. both about yeah, other yes. teams and about the Chiefs. Um, so with all of that, something else you guys talked about, Nate, is, uh, on the show was what the Chiefs have been doing in their secondary. Again, this isn't new to us necessarily, but it might be something that that changes what the Niners look at a little bit with the fact that when the Chiefs are coming out in their nickel packages, it's been with three safeties, despite the fact that they have plenty of corners to do whatever they want there. Uh, again, yes. you and May's talking about it, I thought was interesting. The condensed formation stuff also absolutely fascinating. Does anything else personnel-wise, I'll give you the back seven, because I know Seth's also written about the linebackers, and then we'll yeah. go to the offensive side in a few. But when you look at the back seven, the, the guys that have been able to step up there, Shamari Connor and and being able to take a huge role on that I don't even I didn't expect from him. I'm a firm believer in the uh, Spags and Dave Merritt and defensive back school the Chiefs have built. What do you so see when you look at the back seven in, in terms of the Niners being such a unique matchup in so many positions? Um, there's been a discussion that I think is interesting about um maybe the Chiefs aren't going to be so afraid of having Legereus Sneed travel with Debo Samuel because they're like, if you want him to be a running back, well, you know, Legereus is one of the best tackling cornerbacks in the league. Obviously, he's played nickel. Um, Steve Spagnuolo has said several times that if you're that nickel defender, you got to be in the run fit. you got to be able to understand where the rush lanes are and the cutback angles and obviously not letting the running back get to the perimeter. Um, so I do think there's a chance of that happening, at least early on. Do you think he'll um, follow Debo? Is that there's a chance of that. I, I I do think I think this is me um guessing right now, but I do think there's a chance of the Chiefs wanting to at least demonstrate early we are comfortable with who we are basing what Legerious Need has done all year on Debo. And as the game progresses, we can obviously adjust because you know the Chiefs are likely to adjust, even if they're having success, right? Ask Mike McDaniel, who in one of the great quotes of the year on the in-season hard knocks, kept looking at his play sheet and said, we can't do bleep because he didn't know what Spags was going to do next. And of course, um, the Chiefs were getting a lot of pressure up front. The The other thing that I that I find to be interesting is Having the, I know this is going to set Seth off. What is the ratio of Leo Chanel on early downs versus if Kyle Juszczyk is on the field, are you okay? Uh, Kyle Juszczyk, one of the best fullbacks in the league, are you okay with Drew Tranquil being there instead of, of Kyle Juszczyk, because now we're getting the 22 personnel, especially with some tight ends involved, where 
traditionally, that's Leo's job. But even Kyle Juszczyk got some wiggle to him. So you yes. might want to tackle him or cover him in the intermediate area of the field. That will be the most telling thing about, I believe, how confident the Chiefs are. They have as many options as the 49ers do from a skill position player standpoint once you get out of the trenches. It's one of the most exciting matchups we can have all season because mm -hmm. they can use, you know, they can use their fullback as a receiver, guys. They can play slot receiver. But also, that's, that's simply Leo Chanel can't do that, or I wouldn't ask him to do that. But go ahead, Seth. It, it's similar that like that you talk about the variability, I guess I would call it, of, of San Francisco's guys. The Chiefs have that on the back end, right? Yes. They trust, especially Sneed and McDuffie and Connor and Reed. I, I will say it is such a bummer that Cook is hurt. Yeah. He was having a great season, and I, I appreciate so much what Connor has done and what Mike Edwards has done, but he's just, he's he's their best in my opinion, all due respect to Justin Reed, I think Cook was their best man coverage safety defender who could really, he was a chess piece he could do anywhere. And they're going to miss that. But they trust those four guys especially to do anything. And they trust their third and fourth corners to go alone on the boundary. Yep. And they they trust him. Now, Ayuk is he's a monster. He's incredibly difficult to cover. But a lot of the stuff that I've seen, it's almost teams concede a little bit of space to the Niners and they're getting free releases off the line. And I get why I really do. Cause you don't want to be taken going the wrong way. When you're pressing, you're putting yourself in position to be blocked immediately. Oh, and these I guys mean, block their tail off. I mean, did you see how many yards Puka Nakua got on the Detroit lions? Yeah. Back the hell up fellas. Okay. <laughs> they have five Puka Nakua's on this team. They, they have. And then that's the thing. People have this desire to back up, but it's kind of similar to how, the Dolphins, we talked about this before the wildcard round, slice people up that are backing up because they're afraid of a big play. Whereas if instead you line up at the line of scrimmage, but if you've got the guys, and that's the thing, right? You have to have the guys. And I think when you have the best one-two cornerback combination in the league and the best one through four combination, you can play them a little differently. At least take a shot at it because it's worth noting, and this is something I wrote about, it's worth noting that the very best defenses that the that the Niners have faced this year, the Ravens, the Browns, mm -hmm. largely shut them down. Mm -hmm. That's just also, interesting. Also combined with not the greatest Brock Purdy performances. And again, that is perhaps the greatest variable in the entire game. I do yep. not know what to expect from the quarterback of the other team. That is not great going into the Super Bowl. <laughs> and on my ride back uh, to the strip today with with uh, our lovely friend Matt Derrick of Tish Jides. I can't talk right now. Chiefs. I didn't. I, this is a much Chiefs more sober Chiefs. seeming version of you until you had to say Matt Derrick Digest. of Chiefs Digest. This one As was I digest my own this, words. This, <laughs> this was a slower hitting gummy. And woo! Um, 15 minutes in. Whoa. That Merrick of Deef's Chai Jess. <laughs> so, hello, Matt, hello, man. Absolute prince of a man, by the way. Yes, just yes. An absolute guy. mince of a pran. 
So me and Matt were talking about the Brock Purdy element. And, you know, could you really pick the Niners and have full confidence if you knew Brock was going to play well? Because that changes the equation, right? Then, then it gets really fun, interesting. Hey, maybe it'll be a great Super Bowl. Yeah. And then I reminded uh, – there are two things. I reminded Matt, wasn't Jalen Hurts literally the greatest variable in last year's Super Bowl? Mm. Because he was dealing with a shoulder injury that we all knew, and he couldn't throw the ball downfield. And he didn't have to throw the ball downfield because the other guy's elbow flew off yeah. in the NFC Championship game. And Matt was like, yes. And then Matt said – how many touchdowns did he score? He scored five touchdowns. So we also saw one of the greatest variables of Super Bowl 57 play at the absolute height. He made one mistake, kids. They lost. So if Brock Purdy's the same variable, can he get to the level of Jalen Hurts? Against and the have defense. Right, and that was Matt's point. The defense is better now, and yet the variable's kind of the same as a year ago because right. nobody knows what to expect from Brock Purdy um, in this Super Bowl because, again, it's it, it, Super Bowl's different, kids. It's the most contrasting game of any game all season. It's kind of why I love the sport, right? If I could just have a few minutes, Josh, let me just give me 60 seconds on the clock. Let you cut. You go from fun football to who are we football to real football starting in Thanksgiving to championship football to oh my God, there's real stakes involved in January. And then you get to the most stressful 60 minutes of your season because you can see the Super Bowl, you can visualize it. It's going to be warmer there. It's cold, dreary. I hate this team. They hate us. My entire half of the year is built on 60 minutes. And then we take you from that game, congratulations, and put you on another planet. Yep. The field is the same. Nothing else is. Yep. That's the hardest opponent you're going to face all year, technically. And... Uh, halftime, completely different. The lead-up, completely different. You're not even sleeping in your own bed for a week. Completely different. It's like if Wimbledon played the first round through the semifinal, then picked you up and put you in rolling gyros. I'm sorry, it's dirt now. What? <laughs> what is this? Huh? So it's going to be hard for Brock Purdy. I would like to remind people, Jimmy Garoppolo, Pretty good in this day. Threw a ball with his eyes closed because it's hard. And I just want to see what it's like because, as many people know, I love the 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 zip it up, kids. Oh, yeah. Zip it. Unzip it. He unzipped it as far as he could just now. Hey, Kyle Shanahan. Let it all go, baby. We, we need – if you want Brock to be in rhythm – Give me the best 15 you've ever had. Unzip and rock out with your hand out. That's right. All right, continue on, Josh. I I do want to note, can I expand on something I said about the best defenses they faced? Sure. 
the four best defensive coordinators they faced all season, all due respect to Dan Quinn in Dallas um, and a few of the other guys that are on this list, the best defensive coordinators they faced or the best defenses would have been Minnesota, Cincy, Cleveland, and Baltimore. That And that's it's a pretty easy list to make, actually, when you just kind of run down who their opponents were. Their point totals in those games were 17, 17, 17, and 19. I have no idea what's going to happen, right? The Niners have incredible skill position players. They have absolutely, I mean, they, they've got a quarterback who's playing really well. Shanahan is great. He's so good. He's so good. So it could well be that you know, this turns into a shootout. I'm curious the way, because it's not like they had injuries against Baltimore uh, back on Christmas Day, and they couldn't do squat. Now, we just saw how good Baltimore's defense is. The Chiefs' defense really is that good, and that's where it, some of it comes back. Okay, without a minute, who will they be able to? I don't know. But it's really interesting to me because it does come down to Brock Purdy. No one deals with Spags particularly well their first time, it seems like. he He's weird. He is just, he the way he does things, similar to Mike McDonald. Or, I don't know, Flores in Minnesota. Like, I mean, guys that do things completely differently than what you're used to seeing. And Spags is terrific at that. And with one game to, with one game to, to, to really, you don't, that's what another thing makes Super Bowl different. You're not leaving anything on the table, right? Right. It, right. There is, there's absolutely, there's no, we don't want anyone to see this on film. That's the, 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 that, that zipper might as well go all the way down your entire <laughs> shirt. It might as well be a windbreaker, Right. <laughs> Um, and so I, I, how that goes particularly because Kyle Shanahan can drop a great play and then they'll line up and the chiefs will be showing too high. They won't send anyone across the field with motion, make it look like they're playing zone and three seconds before the ball is snapped, he'll shift, you know, he'll shift to a one high look with a robber. And then you've got another corner who looks like he's blitzing while you're going to have a linebacker coming from the, like, Hey, you just, all these things change. One of my favorite snaps of the year that I showed this against the Ravens, they had Justin Reed showing man coverage against the tight end. Literally one second before the snap, he shifted over into one of the B gaps to show blitz as the ball's getting snapped. Lamar handled it okay. Um, Reed just beat the running back. I mean, the protection was more or less there. Can Brock Purdy do that? And we don't know. And that's where like this idea that, that the Niners are destined to, to overwhelm the Chiefs offensively. They may well do it. They have such great players. But it's not like you can't go back on their schedule and see games that went really badly for their offense. And you can try to explain away each one, but it's weird when the best four defenses you faced you did not play well against. I think people read into, oh, well, they crushed the Eagles. So did everyone down the stretch. Yeah. Sorry, all due respect to to... to Jason Kelsey. All, and, all due respect to Matt Patricia. I think we've covered it. I think we've given him all due respect. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. We're we're good. Yeah. So that's just at least something to think about, and and, and that is where really where the key will lie because we know that and can the 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 Niners front four dominate the game. That's it. Those two things. Now, obviously, there's a lot more. Please read the Chief of the North newsletter because there's yeah. more. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, and but look, that's I, the issue of the game. I'm glad that we ended up spending the majority of this of this time talking about the Chiefs defense versus the Niners offense because I think I think it's a deserved 
thing for us to hone in on in the final show before the Super Bowl. Um, and I know, I think even Tucker's come to terms with the fact that we were not going to get it out anywhere near an hour today. We'll give you a little extra, a little extra supersized edition of the show. Let's say we take 10 minutes or something to talk about the offense and give our predictions. But uh, the Chief of the North Newsletter kind of offensive side hasn't come out yet. They get scheduled for tomorrow, Seth. I, I don't know if you're still on track there. You said Friday, but we'll see. I'm hoping. I'm hoping tomorrow, yes. So either way, I don't know what Seth has looked at as his keys to the game. Nate, I, I don't even know what kind of drugs he was on at Radio Row on, on Tuesday. So, I mean, there's a lot I don't know from both of these guys. When we flip it over to the offensive side, uh, Nate, why don't you pick a storyline for me, something that you think is either going to be a, a major factor here that we haven't talked about enough or one of the obvious storylines that you think is still going to have an outsized impact? Um, Nick Allegretti will be important, right? Because the Niners should do some stunts, uh, should do some twists, some long loops, uh, just to see if the protection holds up. Um, obviously Patrick operating from a mental standpoint, um, is going to be really fascinating to watch because the mental game between him and Fred Warner, so cool. So cool. Now, um, he solved it, uh, which is just throw the ball past. Fred Warner, yeah. uh, in the in the in the last time these teams played in the so Super Bowl, um, I know Traverius Ward's good. Has he learned they to cover in breaking routes? They don't have. Because I watched a lot. They of don't that. have Kyle Hamilton. I think this could be a screen game. I think this could be. Um, establish Kelsey early so that you can go over the top. And then lastly, um, they've done it for three straight games. And Chiefs fans should ask it for a fourth time. Matt Nagy has said it before and said it again, and he needs to be reminded best way this offense can be productive is balance just because it's the Super Bowl you know Andy Reid is going to want to <laughs> razzle dazzle that thing up but never forget kids with Matt Nagy on the staff last year too they came out of halftime and said run run yep. run yep they cannot lose track of the running game to be to be uh, as balanced as they can, um, even though obviously their quarterback's playing at an all-time level right now, if he continues it, of course, from January. So those those are the things that I would point out to people. Um, but Fred Warner's going to have to do God's work. I cannot stress that enough because we just saw Kyle Hamilton be asked to do God's work. Um, it was 11 catches for on 11 targets for 100 more than 100 yards and a touchdown. Uh, the first touchdown he had given up all year to a tight end. Uh, so, Fred Warner, you're more experienced. You've been in this game before. Just get to God mode because if Bosa can't get there and if the Chiefs manipulate Chase Young, which you can, Godspeed, Fred. Godspeed. <laughs> Seth, pick something from the Chiefs offense versus the Niners defense that's not what Nate just talked about. Um, the, the the middle of the field stuff in more of a general sense the Niners have defended the middle of the field really well that's largely Fred Warner's work so I won't go too much into that um, whether the Chiefs can kind of pull apart some of that is going to matter um, just as much what they can do 
to slow down the way Kansas City has used Rasheed Rice. It's interesting. We kept waiting for that to stop working, and no one's figured out. I mean, even even the Ravens' defense, Rice seemed like he was playing maybe a little nicked up, like he got a little hurt early. He was moving pretty gingerly after a few tackles against the Ravens. But, I mean, those quick wide receiver screens, it's hard to account for someone who just does it when you are just a tenth of a second more explosive than what any defense is really prepared for. I mean, Rice is an incredible after-the-catch guy. And how they're able to stretch them horizontally like that is going to matter a great deal. And then how they are able to stretch them vertically. It's the same story for the Chiefs that it's been game after game after game. Their worst performances this year were performances where guys either let Mahomes down down the field or in the case of Christmas, there were a couple where he got let down down the field, but also where he had just kind of given up a little bit. You that was like that game was like the recalibration game. Maybe people should say, "Oh, it should have been against the Broncos." Maybe it should have been. I don't know. But you could. He was. Well, he had, you know, he probably barely. Yeah, yeah, yeah flu-like symptoms. So yeah, and we're gonna, so this, we're gonna give that one an asterisk. Yeah. So this is how they can stretch them vertically and horizontally. Charvarius Ward defends deep routes really well. He defends goes, you know, nines and, and, and posts and that kind of stuff really, really well. He can be beaten on in-breaking routes. And I was kind of joking around. He's a really good cover corner. I'm glad that she's had him. But one thing that he struggles with, at least he did during the Kansas City, I haven't reviewed a lot of his films since he went to the Niners, but I reviewed hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of his snaps while he was in Kansas City. Once you get him to open his hips outside to run up the field with you, in-breaking routes, get him. Rasheed Rice is really good at in-breaking routes. Um, and that's one of the few things that they trust him at those intermediate levels to do. So stretching them horizontally and vertically is going to be the first thing I'm going to be watching. Uh, a matchup that will probably be similar, if they so choose, Marquez Valdez-Scantland toasted him multiple times a year ago. He did. He's he's faster. And Ward isn't used to guys that can walk away from him at that second level. And MVS, for all his other stuff, he can walk away from guys that that's he, he's got that dude's got long legs and he is real fast when he hits that next level. And Ward's game is partly built around the fact that guys can't run away from him like that once he when he's even. So I am curious about that. And then the other thing, really, what Nate said about Pacheco, that really does matter. Are what happens the first few times the Chiefs run the ball from under center, and the first few times they run some kind of um, you know counter or something to that effect, some kind of power look from shotgun how that goes does it go for two yards or does it go for six yards it's going to seem really minor but it's going to matter a ton throughout the rest of the game i'll i'll just uh go ahead and, and piggyback on one thing you mentioned seth which is that i cannot wait for mccall harden to have a huge role in the super bowl because it's it's probably him um in in jet sweep territory what what did he how many snaps did he play against the ravens it was not a lot. It was very few. It's it, like single digits. It may have been one. One of these games. I'll have to look it up. I'll let you guys. I'll, I'll circle back around on this now that now that I've realized I should check. Um, somebody's got to run that horizontal jet motion stuff before the snap, and I think mm-hmm. you probably want it to be him more than you want it to be uh, Canarius Tony. Um, yeah, Tucker said I, he thinks it was one, but he's looking too. I really think it may have been one offensive snap for McCole Harden. But I guess it could be Richie James. I guess it could be Sky Moore. I guess it could be Canarius Tony. But it 
probably makes the most sense for it to be McCole Hardman. And and you've got to figure out a way. I know that lots of people have talked this week about how bad you can pick on Chase Young as a run defender. And then a good way to keep Bosa a little bit hesitating is to challenge him and put his head back in the uh, in the spin cycle that they were able to, to put him in last time and even in the Super Bowl. So I I am very interested to see who that player is and then how it goes. Yep. Yes, and I'm curious if they if if they utilize Rasheed Rice in some of those a little bit because his Tucker skill set one snap from Nicole Hardman in the AFC Championship game, and he might he might play 30 on Sunday, and it wouldn't shock me. Somebody needs to. Sorry, Seth, go ahead. I was just gonna say I think it's interesting they haven't used Rasheed Rice much for that stuff because he does have that initial acceleration to get to the edge, but they they really have diversified his stuff enough that I don't know that that would be the best use of him. But I, I'm excited. I do think it would be really funny to see a continuation of redemption games. That would be really funny. Like a, a two catches for yes. 70 yards game from from McCole Hardman would be amazing. And I think the funniest thing of all, like the funniest thing McCole Hardman could do would to be like really secure with the football and like really focus on definitely, definitely <laughs> making God. sure you got it high and tight at all times. I think that'd be the funniest thing. We'll see if that takes. Uh, all right, guys, let's uh, let's do it. Nate, you go first. Where are you at? I said it yesterday. I will stick with it. Chiefs 26, 49ers 20. Now, there is some gambling implications, and you can take that advice with you if you would like. But um, it might be a late score. Um Another thing that we haven't necessarily said, Harrison Bucker, if you need a long one, um, he's probably, I mean, he's just, he's been, um, he's been, he's been sort of building towards this moment. And you can sort of see similar to Mahomes, he's also found a way to have uh, above average distance but he's gotten even better in terms of the precision of his accuracy. Uh, playing in a dome, of course, should help. Um, but I do think Harrison Bucker factors into this game. And so if it's two field goals that are the difference, um, it wouldn't necessarily surprise me. So 26-20. Real quick, Nate, as a follow-up there, um, because Anita's been yelling at us about it all week. Please stop Oh, sorry. Us, I, the I, coyotes? Very best. Oh. Yeah. Do you have any further information on the alleged coyote attack? I think the Chiefs did their best to get to the bottom of it. And I thought you mentioned on Tuesday that you had no extra info to share. Have I you don't. followed that story? Uh, no. Um, what's okay. funny is, like, you know, I've been out there uh, in the in the area that the Chiefs are staying. Again, it's about 45 minutes to an hour, depending on traffic. Don't really see a lot of coyotes. Don't really see a lot of, like, wildlife in general. So um, I'm not saying it is impossible, but... If someone got bit by a coyote, it would have. I don't know how hard it would be to. It would be difficult to keep that a secret, I guess. Yeah, really gay. Maybe we'll we'll find that out. Incisions in arm would be a tough. Yeah, that's. I've been a little skeptical, and I love coyotes. Receiving medical treatment, parentheses. (laughs) Uh, Out getting a rabies shot just in case. Like, is that too late? I don't rabies treatment. I'm not sure. Um, so there's that. And I'm going to go ahead and set them like you predict it last, because I think you earned your ball nowhere badge to close out the, uh, the final prediction with your uh, performance last year. 
Because Nate asked a question. If this game comes down to a couple of field goals, who you got? And you said Harrison Bucker in your prediction there. I'll tell you the score that I said for the first time earlier today, which is who would you rather have if you need one field goal? Because I said 23-20, and I oh. feel like that's the department to be in. I, I believe in this Chiefs defense on a fundamental level that has benefited me at every turn in just terms of sounding smart this year. Believing in the Chiefs defense has been a good bet. Playoff Mahomes has been a good bet. I'll go ahead and say I don't think we've talked about Travis Kelsey much other than within the, the Fred Warner, you know, Niners defensive right. view of it all. Um, I would just like to say this. Also, his over-under is like 70 yards, and I, there's none of his gambling advice because I'm not very good at gambling. So, like, please take this as my my dumb self just saying that going, 70? Because you've seen Kelsey in the playoffs, and I do think that intensity level is something. What I think is a lot is that we saw him get a week of rest in Week 18 yes. and then look rejuvenated. And I they didn't play a game last weekend. I know it's yep. it's been a weird week, but they're not. They didn't play a game on Sunday. They played a game last Sunday, and I just I I I'm going with a perfect playoff Mahomes, a healthy playoff Travis Kelsey, an inexplicable playoff MVS. And I'm not saying it's forty to twenty. I'm saying twenty three twenty. This game is close. It is stressful, but I do think the Chiefs win it. So that's where I'm at. Seth, please pick the Niners. It would be so funny. I, I think that would probably be a first in all of our time podcasting together. I don't think maybe I think there was one time I didn't pick the Chiefs. Um I I, I think it's the Chiefs. I think it's 30-27. I think the Niners are good enough that they're able to do some things. Um and I feel like something weird's gonna happen that's gonna give the Niners a touchdown. Um but here's the yeah. show. I, I I do think though that it is less dramatic than that score would indicate. Similar to how the Chiefs game, you know, was technically 17-10, but it really wasn't that dramatic. It was a little yeah. dramatic, like right at the end. It was weird, I, but yeah, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, I think it's going to be more like that where uh, I think this I think this ends in a kneel out, not a field goal. I think this mm-hmm. ends with the Chiefs kneeling out and going twice, winning twice in two years, the first back-to-back in 20 years. And having a sh- an argument for one of the best two or three five-year stretches in NFL history. That's how I think this ends. I think that's how this ends. I know Nate didn't get to give a vignette last episode, so I will uh, let him take it from here. Before we get there, of course, we'll be back on Monday. And if you thought if you thought last show was weird, Monday is going to be going to have an energy to it. I can't tell you what I'm going to. I'm going to be on the back end of like if the Chiefs win like a dozen hours of radio and like a 16 hour period or so. I don't know. We'll figure it out. I'm going to, we'll, we'll all bring, hopefully it's a happy exhaustion and not a purely exhausted exhaustion. We'll be back on Monday. Same time, same place. Nate, you're not, are you flying out on Monday? Cause you gotta, you gotta potentially be there for Monday's presser, right? Uh, that's, that's the hope. We'll, okay. we'll see. We'll see. We'll, well, if, we'll see if Vegas continues to consume me. Yeah, I guess if Vegas grabs Nate by the leg and pulls him back into the Sarlacc pit, then then maybe we'll have to make some adjustments. But we'll be here to break it down. But either way, I wanted to say uh, a quick thank you for what this entire season has been yes. of Only Weird Games. Saying it before we know the end result, but we had a little period of pretty uncertain times for ourselves right before the season began. 
and uh, being able to bring the show over to KCSN and to, to make it only weird games and to do it with the comment section that has done so much damage to so many of these shows. I mean, the comment <laughs> section that's provided so much for us and the video that has caused so much damage in so many Yeah, shows. the videos, the... the uh... That's the one. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. But it's also provided great memes, so I feel like our overall... Uh, contributions to society may have increased with this uh, with this transition, but yeah. it was fabulous to know that we were going to be able to keep the three of us podcasting together and not have just a huge pit of despair to either catch a lack of audio that was never going to exist or figuring out whatever uncertainty that would have been at the beginning of the year for us. So uh, I am very grateful, and all three of us are very grateful for uh, the KCSN audience that was here and and brought us in, and hopefully. For the uh, the times are as faithful that have joined us over on this this stepping over to KCSN, it's been great for us. I hope it's been great for you. And uh, sorry about the last episode. Hope we made up for it today. Nate, let's take it from here. Yes, I'm very sorry. Um, uh, this is a good balance. We did a silly one, yeah. a serious one. I feel like that's yes, good. yes. Um, I'm gonna get a little sentimental here. Um, but on Sunday, um. My father's going to be in Las Vegas, and we're going to have breakfast the morning of the Super Bowl. And, uh, you know, he's he, he just wants to be here. He wants to be in the uh, – wants to be on the scene. So I'm, you know, uh, you know, as someone who – or as my father, as someone who um, watched the team in the first Super Bowl, you know, the first, uh, I guess, grand game in color – uh, you know, back in the in the late sixties, um, I don't, I don't know if he's coming on the show Monday, guys. <laughs> I don't know if uh, I don't know if Michael Taylor's coming on the show. Uh, several things would have to align for that to happen, but uh, but yeah, you know, um, it's gonna be a really cool moment to just have basically the final. You know, my my final pregame will be breaking down the game one last time with my father while eating, um, hopefully life affirming eggs and pancakes and <laughs> you know the the you made it through a week in Las Vegas, um, but yeah, I I he's just for people to understand he's uh he believes we'll win, uh, but we'll break it down. I might have a a vignette or two of that moment but uh yeah who could have who could have imagined a decade ago uh that me and my dad would get to have that moment and thank you all for somehow getting through what really is a weird weird week that is the super bowl why did they pick vegas (laughs) 